Hello and welcome to the Our Community Lessons podcast. My name is Adam Salgat and with me today is Cynthia Bayuk Bishop. She is a leader in education as a teacher, coach, deputy executive director for two regional service centers. Currently, she is a development partner with Our Community Lessons, working to expand a communication skills model that is targeted towards K through 12 education. Without further ado, here is Cynthia Bayuk Bishop. Hello, Adam. It's great (laughs) to be with you today. And uh, just a little bit about me. I'm a lifelong educator. I love to teach. I love teaching people how to connect with the human spirit and the opportunities that I've been given through Barry Waymiller um, Leadership Institute and Our Community Listens is is one of my proudest um, achievements. So I'm happy to talk about that with you. Awesome. I am very excited because the curriculum that you are doing, I think is vital to change generations. And we're going to get into what that looks like and how you do that with K through 12. But first thing I want to talk to you about is a little bit of, tell me a little bit more about your lifelong uh, educator experience. Well, I started out as a teacher and a coach, girls athletics, loved it. Uh, And then I decided that uh, I wanted to leave the campus and went to school to get my mid-management principal Mm -hmm. certification, but ended up at an educational service center where I really found my calling. Because with our Texas Education Service Centers, we're still teaching. And I just began teaching teachers and principals, superintendents, and board members, and have absolutely loved it. And now my attention is focused back on students because I know that they are our leaders of tomorrow and any way that we can equip them to become the best people that they can be, that should be our number one priority. So how did you then get involved with Our Community Listens? Or as I think it, you might have uh, stepped into the Barry, Barry Waymiller Leadership Institute first, is that right? Yes. I attended the communication skills training at the Leadership Institute, and it was there that I met as one of my facilitators, Maureen Slotsky, and everybody lovingly refers to her as Mo. And from that relationship, somehow by divine intervention, she introduced me through a conference call to Rebecca Emerson, who's the executive director of Our Community Listens. And from that point, Rebecca and I began conversations, and somewhere in the midst of one of our uh, conference calls, I shared with her that I was in the middle of retrofitting the three-day communication skills class to teach grades 8 through 12th grade students. Mm Mm-hmm. And she just became so intrigued. Next thing I know, she has me on a webinar with her chapter leads across the nation and then in a conference call with Bob Chapman and the rest is history. And the rest is history. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what got her so excited about bringing this into eighth grade through 12th grade and how are you doing that? Well, the, the mission that Bob Chapman has is to really create a world of care and to do that fixing adults who are somewhat broken by the time they're already in the midst of living life is too late so 
I don't know whether it was that I had this brilliant idea. I just knew that the skills needed to be in the hands of the kids. And so I started on that path and began looking at the three days and completely redoing it. Rebecca knew that this was one of the pieces of the puzzle that our community listens wanted to address. Mm -hmm. And the three-day class for adults is superior. I would say that it is second to none regarding how to learn the real art and science of communication. When she heard that I was out there doing this with living and breathing eighth grade through 12th grade students, she said, oh my goodness, would you share this with everyone else? And then, like I said, she wanted me to share it with Bob and here we are. And we are going to do that because we believe that our students are the answer to create a more caring world. Yep, I will piggyback and state that I have talked to a number of different facilitators, and even in my class when I took it uh, four years ago now, that everyone reiterates, man, I wish I knew these skills when I was younger. So that's exactly what you're doing. You're getting it in the hands of the youth. You have mentioned, though, that this is a program that is built beautifully for adults. How have you adapted it, and what have you done, and what tools are you utilizing to make it fit 8th through 12th grade? The adult version has a tremendous amount of direct teach, and that won't work with kids. Kids need small chunks of a direct teach piece, and they need to be able to engage all of their senses in the learning process. Okay. So their vision, their hearing, their sight, uh, auditory, their ears, and their hands, tactile kinesthetic. So I've been redoing the training, chunking it a little bit differently, and most importantly, with what I'm redoing, I'm training students and teachers side by side, which is critically important. The activities have been studentified, <laughs> if I can make that a new word. Studentified works for me, ma'am and a little less than the adult version because think about it. Adults already have a suitcase full of baggage by the time they come to the class as an adult. Kids don't have that same suitcase. And so the approach has to be a little bit different and the scenarios have to be written so that they can engulf them and sink their teeth into them with the least amount of stress as is possible. And so that's what I've been in the process of doing. One of the tools that I know you're utilizing is a book titled Taking Flight by Rosenberg and Silvert. Can you tell me a little bit about that, how that book uh, came into your life and what it meant to you? That book was introduced to me through the three-day class that I took at the Barry Way Miller Leadership Institute. And for some reason, I was compelled to go back to that book and reread it as I was stepping into this arena teaching 8th grade through 12th grade kids. Merrick Rosenberg and Daniel Silvert have done an incredible job creating a narrative story around a bird community and how these birds interact 
and live in the forest together. And the four birds are eagles, parrots, doves, and owls. For centuries, we've known that there are four behavioral communication types. Mm -hmm. Merrick and Daniel took that and created this narrative. People can't always remember D, I, S, and C. D for dominant, I for interactive, um, S for supportive, C for conscientious. But they can remember dominant eagle, interactive parrot, supportive dove, and conscientious owl. So what it enables a, a person to do is to quickly not only identify their own natural behavioral communication type, but also that of another person. And that is extremely important for our youth, for them to be able to learn it quickly, but also master it in a short amount of time. You've already shared with me in our kind of pre-show interview about how this book provided you a DISC assessment for youth. Is that right? Yes. I was uh, frantically on the hunt for a student DISC assessment knowing that the one that we use for the adult version of the three-day class wasn't appropriate. And luckily, I went back to reread my Taking Flight book to kind of inspire me. And lo and behold, in the back, I saw resources and a website for a student assessment. And voila, talk about someone taking flight. <laughs> I took flight and immediately contacted them got my certification with them, and now utilizing the student DISC assessment, and it is, it's profound, changing kids' lives. That's, that's awesome. And speaking of changing kids' lives, from what I understand, you find it very important to have all the kids doing this together. And when I say all the kids, what I mean is 8th through 12th grade. You're not necessarily segmenting them by teaching the eighth graders alone, teaching the ninth graders alone, and so on and so forth. Why is it important to put them all in the same room together? Because they learn from each other. And when you have the upperclassmen with the eighth graders, it makes the eighth graders feel that they are as important as any other individual in the room. And we work on that um, on the first day of the training in creating a sense of belonging. And kids will interact when they know that they are safe. Talking about the kids, we take kids that are natural born leaders. We take kids that are in the middle and we call them the invisibles. Mm. And then we take kids that are on the cusp of failing that need something extra to sink their teeth into. So not only are we spanning the grades, we're also spanning the different kinds of students that are walking the hallways of the campus. That's outstanding. And I think it's really interesting thinking about those that are the invisibles because I was that kind of kid in school that simply, you know, I was, going, I was going through it. I was getting fine grades. I was there, but I didn't necessarily see myself as a leader. It took some time to develop that. Um, by the time I graduated, I had been in that role a little more. What I love about hearing you talk about this is I can, I, I can hear the passion that you have for, for youth. So in your experience with them thus far in teaching this course, what, what kind of stories do you have that you can share that has had an impact on them? Well, one story 
on the very first training day and the very first group of students really overwhelmed me. And I had two female students who were there at the training. And um, one of the activities that we do in the beginning, day one, to create safety and belonging is a building community activity. And the kids get to introduce each other. I don't have to introduce myself. I get to introduce my classmate. These two girls were paired together to introduce one another. And during the course of the day, one of the things that we do to close out the day, we write positive recognition statements to someone in the class that has either inspired me or um, showed me their vulnerability and who they really are as a person um, or they taught me something that I didn't know but it has to be someone in the class I would have never known this had they not written these recognition statements to each other and neither one of them knew that they were writing this statement to the other mm -hmm. and in this statement they both said, I knew you went to my school, but I never would have approached you because they weren't from the same circle of friends. I would have never approached you, and I am so glad that I decided to attend this class because I now not only know you, but I have a new friend and I'm looking forward to our becoming better friends in the days to come at school. They, they would have never discovered that about one another. And so that was just a tremendous story. A another big highlight, teachers would come to me at lunch on the very first day and say, how did you get her to talk? You have her, you have her interacting engaging she said more this morning than I've heard her say since the start of school Wow! I thought that was pretty profound and then um, another teacher said oh my goodness I didn't know he had that in him and I'm discovering that he's a deep thinker wow. so if this can open the teachers eyes up to the uniqueness of the students I mean that's why I wanted to train them side by side because this puts us all on a level playing field when they come into the training they're all a part of a team and they're not there as teachers and students they're all there as participants in this three-day experience that leads me to a question about teachers um, how are you focusing on teachers as well uh, it sounds like you're incorporating them right in there in the teaching so and you find that important absolutely and, it, and it's critical that you identify the true kid champions for a lack of a better term mm -hmm. uh, to identify them kid champions are those educators whether they are an administrator a teacher or a support staff like a, a teacher's aide mm -hmm. um, they are true kid champions in that those are the individuals kids trust. Kids know that that adult 
will stand up for them, go to the mat for them. If they're in a fix for whatever reason, that would be one of the individuals that they would go to. And we make it very clear that when we step into the training, that you as the adult are not going to be in the back of the room watching. You're going to be at the table with the kids, fully interacting and experiencing everything that they do as a part of them and as a part of their team. All kids need a kid champion. And if the kids who are struggling, if they just have one caring adult that they can turn to when they need an adult's perspective or an adult voice, their life will be forever changed. And so that's one of the other things that we want to make happen through this three-day experience. And the three-day experience is just part of this. Mm -hmm. It's what we do beyond the three days that is so critically important um, to the campus, to the staff, and to the students, and even beyond to the community. Tell me a little bit about working through effective confrontation. I know that is an element that you do in this three days. You talk to them. You know, it's obviously an element of our, our community lessons training. But I know you're bringing that to students, and I was thinking about that. And the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking effective confrontation in teens was um, avoiding fights, you know, physical fights. But then I thought about someone like my sister who would never get in a physical confrontation with anyone. And as a teen, I know she struggled with people um, potentially, quote unquote, yelling at her. She didn't like people yelling at her. So when we think about effective confrontation in youth, it's not necessarily just the kids who might get in, into a fist fight or a scuffle of some kind. It's also for the kids that are struggling with just how to connect with people and afraid that they might be, you know, not doing something good enough. So tell me what that experience has been like going through effective confrontation with youth. Well, let's start talking about bird taps just for a minute. Just sure. a quick little bird tap uh, lesson. You're looking at the eagle and the parrot and then the dove and the owl. An eagle is opposite the dove as far as their communication style. Mm -hmm. And the parrot and the owl are opposite regarding how they naturally communicate. One of the things that kids say when they learn the different bird types and spend time with their own profile, and 10 to 1, they all say, because I asked them, is this really you? Does the profile really capture who you are? And they've said, on the money, <laughs> to a T, that is me. It's liberating for them to know that who they are has unique gifts, yet we still have areas that we need to improve upon. So think of this. You've got a student who's a dove, Yep. who's going in to communicate with a teacher who's an eagle. And because of the way the eagle communicates, the dove automatically thinks he or she doesn't like me. And so kids have said, oh, my goodness. So Mr. So-and-so is an eagle. I just need to flex my communication temporarily when I go in to communicate with him because he wants me to be direct, bottom line, don't take too long, 
and let's resolve whatever it is. Whereas the dove doesn't want to offend anybody, keep the peace, be very traditional, laid back and reserved. And when kids learn this, they learn how to best communicate with all of their teachers, and then it spills over into their families. And they begin to say, oh my goodness, now I know why my dad and I are having so much conflict. And it helps them approach that from a different perspective because here's one of the things that they learn. Confrontation is not bad. Confrontation is a conversation starter. And when you confront with empathy, humility, and on bended knee, then you can voice what you need their help with to get your needs met. And it doesn't have to blow up into this fight, as you say, or major confrontation. It's just teaching them the skills in how to approach that. Cynthia, I absolutely adore listening to you speak on this. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you. I just, I just needed to jump in and say that. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that so much because, you know, you never know that what you're doing um, is touching lives. But um, this has all come into alignment in such a way that I knew I was f fulfilling my purpose in all these years, you know, these 30 plus years that I've been in education but to be in this next phase of my life as an educator and be doing this to touch the lives of our youth, I feel like that I've really stepped into my purpose. That's wonderful. So speaking a bit about your purpose, my next question is, you know, what do you hope to achieve by teaching this communication course to the youth? An intentional school culture of safety, civility, and service. In that, we've had so many of uh, these acts of violence in our schools. Mm -hmm. And as I walk about my life, just living in the world, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's going out to a musical concert, um, or stopping at one of the neighborhood uh, little league games, our world becomes more contentious every day. And I see that, and I'm just trying to do my part uh, to help with that. And so if we can create a systemic experience for students, staff, and community, that's one of safety, civility, and service as its backbone, I really think that we'll be equipping pre-K through 12 with the tools to cultivate and foster young leaders with their head and their heart bridged to serve others and be the living example of compassion and care. I love that. I love what you've stated there. And I, and I was going to ask you a little bit about the violence that we've seen at schools or even in public, but I don't think I need you to touch on it much. I, I just simply think what you're doing is a, has some really deep roots to eliminate that type of violence happening within our schools. One thing that I would add is that I know many things are going on 
that are that, that they're trying to address school safety from the outside in bulletproof glass yes we've got to have evacuation plans all of the different safety precautions that are on the outside I wanted to be a force to work on safety from the inside out leverage the most abundant resource every school district has and what is that what do they have more of than anything students. kids yep. so leverage the students flip the professional development equation bring kids into this mix alongside teachers training us teaching us letting us experience early on kids know what it feels like to be left out everybody has been on the fringes at one time or another during their schooling experience why do we allow that why don't we step up and take responsibility for that because all you do is begin with a hello you know you don't have to have the slumber party just begin with hello and let a kid know I know you're here and that you're alive it's bound to work I know it will well you have two pilots going in Texas you have another pilot session going in Wisconsin and another pilot coming in Michigan. How excited are you to know that there's spaces that are starting to implement it? Well, I will tell you my excitement has come through meeting the chapter lead in um, Michigan and, um, and the chapter lead in Wisconsin, uh, Julie Zumack and Misty Jenks. And when we met, the human connection was just apparent. And me being able to have them to be partners in crime with me with yeah. this and bounce ideas off of each other and have that naked eye of theirs see maybe some holes where we can tighten this up and just make it be that kind of experience that kids cannot walk out of there not being changed is a real life changer for me and I'm just so glad to be on board with them and then wherever we take it after that getting the kinks worked out of it and all of our resources aligned it should be just amazing so yeah I'm thrilled overwhelmed and sometimes I have to pinch myself because I don't believe it's real. But it is, it's real. It sounds like you've been an educator for a long time and you mentioned coach specifically. So I'm wondering what, uh, what type of coach was, were you uh, sports? Uh, what type of athletics? Well, when you're a female coach, you coach everything. <laughs> and so um, basketball, volleyball, track, softball, and then a few years of competitive gymnastics. Now, I wasn't the gymnast. <laughs> uh, I, I took, you know, a lot of um, uh, gymnastics classes and things like that. But I was more the coach on the floor, making certain that they landed safely and then doing their strength and their conditioning. But I just love competition and I love to I hate to I don't want this to sound wrong I like to win meaning achieve 
I like to achieve and I love the team spirit because there's nothing better than commanding something with fellow teammates. This communication skills training and the taking flight and teaching people the different four bird styles strengthens the team in a way that um, I only wish I'd had it way back then. Mm -hmm. But I love the twinkle in a kid's eyes when they make a connection and you've taught them about an academic subject uh, because I was also a science teacher. Mm -hmm. And I loved connecting with my kids and I had four, four rules of thumb that I utilized in my classroom. Edible, gross, an element of mystery or danger, humor. Okay. And so in teaching science, um, boy, you can gross them out every single day. <laughs> and if you touch their emotions and you tell them a story, they remember it forever. Yep. And I have kids today that I'll run into and they will tell me about something that we did in the classroom. When I moved out of the classroom and started teaching adults, I really missed the kids because the kids will tell you whether you look good, whether you've made their day, why did you get your hair cut that way? <laughs> or I just love you. And adults they're very uh, selective with what they uh, praise you with. Mm -hmm. And me being a high I and a high S, dove and parrot, um, I like that feedback. Right. And so um, I really love working with the kids. Yeah. Um, tell me what you do in your spare time. Tell me a little bit about when you're not teaching. Maybe it sounds like you might stop by little league games every once in a while well i know every family in my neighborhood and their children and so i like to give them things to support their learning like at valentine's halloween i'll either give them little books to read or take them things to color uh, things that they can do outside of their devices because they all have devices. And I think that that is, I don't think, I know that it is having an impact on students being able to interact face-to-face -face with people when, when it's necessary. And so I do that. Um, I love to plant things and landscape and grow things as does my husband. And so we're always out there in our yard planting something new. I love to see the fruit of my labor as it grows and turns into something beautiful. Um, I've done a lot more reading since oh, yeah? I've been engaged in this. And so I'm always surfing all of the gurus, finding <laughs> if they can add one more pearl of wisdom to what we are creating uh, in this experience for our students. I love to go to restaurants and eat. Oh, yeah? Yes. You have a favorite food? Or a favorite, let's say, a favorite style of food? No, I like it all. 
<laughs> and I like to try new things. You know, being raised in the South, mm -hmm. uh, I've got the steak and potatoes down pat. Oh, nice. But I love Mediterranean. I love, I love Italian. Um, I love Mexican. I love Vietnamese. I mean, I like it all. And <laughs> I love cilantro. So, hey. <laughs> that is a relatively divisive plant, that yeah. cilantro. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, me, I, I, my, the thing that, that I thrive on is people. I, I love to meet people, and I never meet a stranger. <laughs> I want to know who they are where they've been, where they're going, and I want them to leave me feeling, oh my goodness, I, I, that was a breath of fresh air, you know, if nothing else, because I've had people ask me, why am I so happy? And it's, that's just who I am, and I always see the glass um, half full. I, I never see it half empty, and I want kids, I want kids to believe that, because one of the things that I have the students recite is that I am uniquely and divinely created with gifts all my own. And I want them to know they have gifts. And if I can be the instrument through which their potential is unlocked through their gifts, then my life will have meaning. Misty told me that I was going to enjoy meeting you, and she was not mistaken. So, Oh, I'm so you, – you've made my day. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. You love people, but when you need to recharge, what are you doing to recharge that battery? Take long walks, learning to meditate because I'm extremely high-octane. Thankfully, I'm married to a man who is calm, cool, and collected, <laughs> who looks at me sometimes and says, Cynthia, could you come down out of the chandelier? I don't know why you're up there, but come on down. <laughs> so I like to take long walks and, and be out there with nature. We love to go to San Diego, and people always ask us when we go to San Diego, what do you do? We walk the beach. We hike the trails at the Torrey Pines State Park mm -hmm. because you can go from cliffs to the beach in a 700-foot drop hiking their trails, and that's a happy place for me. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I just like to sit with friends, share a meal, cook together, share a meal, and just kick back on the patio Mm -hmm. and look out at the woods that are behind my house and just enjoy the quiet. That sounds pretty pleasant to me, ma'am. Well, you can come and sit on my patio anytime. So, Cynthia, I know you've had a lot of interaction with the Barry Way Miller Institute and our community lessons. Tell me a little bit about how that's been and what it's been like working with the people of both of those institutes. One of the most life-changing experiences in coming to the Institute and really learning about our community listens is how they make you as a person feel. They make you feel like 
you are the most important person on the face of the earth and they do a fantastic job of helping you unlock your potential and really honoring the gifts that you bring to the world because I believe just as they do that everyone is born with gifts and it's it's getting people to recognize those gifts and so their ability to see in people how they bring something to the table that can help them advance their mission is incredible and I know that Maureen Slotsky somehow saw something in me this spark that she would never let go of it and she would touch base with me from time to time ask me what I was doing and in the end I have her to thank for connecting me with our community listens and Rebecca Emerson the director and I just can't thank her enough and I'm so honored that I'm being given this opportunity to create to contribute to something so much larger than anything that I could do alone and so I'm just richly blessed I definitely can see how Maureen must have saw a little bit of a Texas firecracker <laughs> and I am happy that I got to meet you today Cynthia well I hope someday we might get to meet in person that would be splendid, especially if it's in Texas. Warm Absolutely. Texas. <laughs> well, you have an open invitation because i got plenty of bedrooms. All right. I've got a wife and two kiddos. So Bring them you... on. Bring them on. <laughs> All right. Barrier. That's, that has been a mantra of my own, to be honest, more the merrier. So, mm -hmm. uh, again, Cynthia, is there anything else you'd like to add? Just stay tuned and watch to see how this union of all these different entities are coming together to impact K-12 education and wait for us to infuse into the curriculum the teaching of listening skills because I believe that that will change kids lives and they will be better students communicators problem solvers They'll be better spouses, parents, community members, and they'll change the world. That sounds wonderful to me. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you, and I have so enjoyed this exchange with you. Maybe we can do it again next week. <laughs> we'll start our own little talk show. Okay. All right, alumni. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like some more information about Our Community Listens, visit our website at ourcommunitylistens.org. And don't forget, you are the message.